Hello and welcome to the Magnetic Woman podcast with me, your host, Pandora Paloma, a visibility and business mastery coach bringing a unique fusion of strategy meets spirituality to visionary entrepreneurs across the globe. With 20 plus years of communications experience and five years running my own online business, I help women in the online space and creative industries get seen and scale to their next level. This has looked like tripling their income in a year, getting fully booked in six months, sold out programs and executing five figure launches. Personally, I run my own multi six figure business. And in this podcast, I give you a behind the scenes of how I do this, my life and my method. If you're a visionary entrepreneur, mover and shaker, and you're ready to meet more of your magnetism, welcome to my world. I am thrilled to bring another episode of a magnetic client on the Magnetic Woman podcast this week. The interview here is with the incredible Anna Woods. Now, I know Anna both personally and professionally. We started our relationship on a personal level. And what you'll see come through in this episode is the shifts and changes that occurred once she stepped into my world on a professional level. So Anna came to me about a year and a half into building both of her businesses, both her coaching business and positive retail. And she knew that there were some limitations in there. And she also shared with me that she could really see that she was behaving in the same way that she had in the corporate world and that it just wasn't working for her. But there was a new way that she wasn't quite sure of how to ground into and build the foundations of. And that is really what we worked on in our journey together. She was very much still carrying the past and in dissolving that, she was really able to step into a new way of doing business. She always says that it was the missing puzzle piece that she needed. So without further ado, here is this week's conversation with Anna Woods. So very, very thrilled to bring this episode of the Magnetic Woman podcast to you today where I'm here with my lovely friend and former client, the lovely Anna Woods. Hiya. Hello, darling. Thanks for having me. We were laughing before we got on this that we need to record a podcast to be able to catch up because we're both just so (laughs) fabulously busy. (laughs) (laughs) No word of a lie. Yeah. It's good to see your face today, darling. Same, same So I know you, but this audience, my lovely audience do not. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do and what your big mission is? Yes, I shall. Well, thanks for having me, Pandy. And so, yeah, I'm Anna Woods. I own two businesses, one called Positive Retail, which is a resale business with three stores, Margate, Ramsgate and Deal. And I'm also a business and leadership coach as well. And what got me to this point? Well, I'm 41. I've worked in retail 25 years. So from when I was 15 on the shop floor in my local town of Oldham. So all the way throughout university, I was always employed in shops on a Saturday, on a Wednesday. And then when I finished university, I literally packed my bags from Manchester and then Two weeks later, I was in London and I'd begun my buying career at Topshop. And I was in corporate kind of retail for 18 years. And I left 
three years ago, my final role was by an undesigned director. So I'd kind of worked my way up the corporate ladder. Yeah. And so two and a half years ago, I set up Positive Retail. And three years ago, I set up my coaching business. Wow. Big turning points. Let's start with you changing the retail landscape. So you really are a pioneer of this. So tell me about positive retails concept and why you wanted to bring that to the world. Yeah, of course. So obviously I've seen so many different kind of changes within the industry. So when I arrived in London, you know, 18 years ago at Topshop, it was like, I felt like I'd died and gone to heaven. I was doing my dream job. You know, we were working really hard, but creating at that point, really good quality product. There was no Boohoo, there was no ASOS, you know, to put it into context, the internet was a girl called Tabitha that sat on a desk in the corridor at Topshop and we would take our samples to her on a Friday and somehow they would appear on the internet the next day. So it was kind of when I began my career, it was so exciting. And obviously I had an amazing leadership example in Jane Shepherdson, who is a friend and a mentor to me in positive retail now. So, you know, that was where I began 18 years ago. And then kind of, I guess, 10 years in, probably eight to 10 years in, you know, promotions had come easily to me. I was really ambitious. I knew I, I always knew I wanted to be a director of a business, leading it, making decisions. I was always yeah, interested in in the, the profitability of a business as well and kind of driving that. and But also not just profit, kind of standing by product that we were really proud of as well. So about eight to 10 years in, I left Topshop and I went to a different retailer. And oh my word, it was a really rude awakening about what different culture existed in businesses and also kind of toxic leadership really so I had a really really quite I guess traumatic experience so then I was a bit like I don't know whether I can do this and work in retail creating all this product for these people that are leading that I don't know I did like my heart was not in it as much anymore but that's a really difficult place to be when you're paid well you're in your 30s you bought a house you're the person that's kind of earning quite a bit of the money all that type of stuff and it felt yeah it was a really quite just difficult time for me and I started to think I don't want to be part of this world I think I might go to night school and become a therapist And so I started to uncover, if you like, another side of me, which is sort of a a nurturing, kind of thoughtful psychological side of me that wasn't just about working in a business, creating shiny product, excelling, everybody getting a bonus type thing. So I just started on a path of learning how to become a counsellor. I was a qualified counsellor. And then I did a leadership master's degree while I was in the boardroom and then left and set up my coaching practice. That was kind of like my exit from retail. But, you know, that kind of 
that last period when I was studying probably it was like the last five years of my career and I basically while I was you know in that final throes if you like I was also really really I'd started to kind of really understand what we were doing as an industry to the planet to the people as well you know living wages all that type of stuff I was just feeling like the impact of retail and the waste that we were creating was not sitting particularly well with me so I decided basically that I would kind of just set up my coaching practice leave the industry but then Topshop went under and I was just on that day, I was just like, it's got to change. It's got to change. How can the place that I started my career at completely not exist anymore? You know, I mean, it does exist because it's ASOS bought it, but it's tiny and it's not a physical store. Like how can the Oxford Circus branch of Topshop, which we all have so much emotional attachment to, how can that not exist anymore? And on that day, and obviously this is against a backdrop of the Me Too movement and Philip Green being exposed for the person that he was and me kind of having had experiences with men in power, not that were of a Me Too variety, but that were um, toxic experiences and power imbalances and bullying, you know. So this was all against that backdrop. And I just kept thinking, this has got to be a changing of the guards now. And so my coaching practice was in its infancy, but I was getting clients and it was established. And I was just like, I've got to do something to try to not correct the wrongs, but to to play my part in where I see the future of retail going. And you don't have 20 years experience to not be able to kind of think on your feet and have ideas for the new way of retail. So coaching practice all working. And then we live in Ramsgate, right? So I I could see after the pandemic that people wanted people we all wanted to be out in the community so I did a pop-up for six weeks and I just thought well I've got this idea and let's see if it works and the idea was initially to work work on consignment basically with people so to sell people's stuff if it's sold within the shop they'd get 50% of it I would keep 50% so it was a partnership with people and I thought, what's the worst thing that could happen? I can test the concept and I can sell some of my clothes. Let's see. Let's see whether people respond to it locally. And they just did. As soon as they opened the doors, yeah, pe- people wanted it. People wanted positive retailing. And, you know, the name came easily. And it, the difference that I want to see in retail and how the business has grown from being a pop-up where I sell people's stuff and it feels like more of a pre-loved store I'm now up to three stores with plans to definitely expand but I am now working with brands and multi-branded retailers in the industry to clear their stocks to eliminate more waste to there's already enough garments produced in the world that we could clothe the next six generations 
So my um, mission is to, yeah, give garments the, the homes that they need, but also to slow down, you know. It's so true. And it's gotten me thinking, you said like it's about doing our bit. Yeah. I think something we probably all recognise is, you know, you only need to turn or, you know, yeah, open the Guardian app on your phone and it's like, this is happening here and this is happening here. And I remember sort of after lockdown, I I really felt like the weight of the world more than I ever have. And I remember having a conversation with my coach actually and she was like, it's counterintuitive for you to be worrying about everything. You just need to do your bit. And she reminds me of like, how often do you tell your clients to live their values? And I was like, yeah. So what's your values? I was like, that's actually one of my values. My values is I don't want to impact the world in a bad way. And I remember from that point, it's like I really looked at where I was spending. And I kind of had before, you know, I do love a bit of a pre-loved, you know, object, certainly when it comes to homeware. And I've just made it my own personal bit is that I buy pretty much everything secondhand for my daughter, for myself. You know, I'd say apart from bras and pants, pretty much (laughs) everything comes from positive retail or a vestier or and it just you just know that you're doing your bit for the planet and that's really really powerful for you living a life rich in value and purpose yeah entirely I mean I've always shopped that way I've always been somebody that's been like thrifty and quite savvy with my money anyway and I've always waited for sales or whatever but There's something about the pace in which the industry is going. And I think that's whether that's at the luxury level, you know, 52 collections a year. But, you know, it's it's like it's insane. And the whole thing is based on newness, newness, more newness. And what I do at Positive Retail is honour the product and its value. You know, I work with brands that create really good quality product and I don't want to see their product end up in places that it shouldn't end up or them have to decimate it to be like you know to sell it off too cheap or and when you start to scratch the surface in this world you realize everybody's got stock you know for whatever reasons they've got stock the pandemic made retailers on average hold 57% more stock so it's out there, you know, but it's just, yeah, I'm I'm playing my part, my bit in helping brands clear, but also to keep that integrity for the brands. I, I've created collections for retailers for years. I know the blood, sweat and tears and the team effort that goes into creating a collection. And then how can that come in in January and something's worth a grand? And then by July, it's worth 150 quid. Like it just things need to hold their value more and customer experience needs to be valued as well. So I love it. I love it. Let's move on to leadership coaching because I know this is another obviously big part, second business, big passion of yours. Yeah. But there's two questions I'd like to ask you. Why is supporting women to step into leadership so important to you? And what are the biggest challenges that you find in supporting women to, to get to the top ultimately? get closer to the top yeah exactly well I guess the first thing is to explain kind of the my context right so I was as I said before I was always really ambitious always wanted to run a business was constantly thinking oh I could do it better than that like just give me that you know 
And in my industry, retail, it's 70% females, yet only 9% of females get to be CEOs. And, you know, Jane was one of the incredible, rare, amazing ones. But what is that about? Like the power of dynamics, the gender dynamics are so off. And I guess it just made me, I mean, I was always truly interested in leadership and leadership styles and kind of bettering myself as a leader as well. Nobody taught me. From the age of 26, 27, I was running a 60 million pound department at Topshop and, you know, and with with no fear, really. And then you kind of start to go up and kind of get into the boardroom and stuff. And you're like, oh, my God, some of these dynamics are crazy. And the pressure is crazy. And who you are as a person, you're like, oh, my word. Like, I've never had space to think about this with anybody. So I went and saw a coach myself and paid for it privately. However, it's really, really important to me that people are supported on their journey of growth within organizations to be able to have space to figure out who they are within that role, within that system, within the world, how they want to lead, what it is that is, I know it's an overused word, but what are their triggers for you know, when your back's against the wall, how do you behave? How do you want to leave? What are the parts of yourself that are making you react rather than respond? So to me, to have a space personally with somebody to figure out my stuff as a leader with more responsibility, with more pressure, just made me, you know, perform better, but also there. Those insights into yourself, once you know them, they're there for life. You know, that's work for life. So I just think it's so important that everybody's given support and space to think about their their own self-leadership journey, but their leadership journey within organizations or as a business owner. You know, I'm on a different leadership journey now as well. And my word is, it is different. You know, everything, I'm not singing to anybody else's tune but my own. And I've got responsibility for six people, three stores, huge plans to grow. I couldn't have done this 10 years ago because I just would not have been equipped properly. What I had to go through to get here to understand where I needed to be. You were just about to say my sense of self. Self, yeah leadership and leading others and I believe that we're all leading each other in one way or another there's no hierarchy in that sentence but it starts with how we're leading ourselves which is what's my identity am I okay with all of that you know and being authentic because you and your authenticity creates an authentic environment and an authentic environment will allow other people to feel the resonance of the safety of being their authentic selves, you know, and it's the power of that is just exponential, you know, but it really starts with like, how am I leading myself in this moment? And self-leadership is the place where we need the most support because it's really difficult to do on your own. (laughs) It's the starting point of everything. You are the starting point of absolutely everything. And we have so much responsibility for ourselves. You know, when I think about, and I'm sure when you were in corporate life as well, you can 
remember some shockers that you saw, you know, because you were, you know, this fashion PR, weren't you? And just some of the behaviour, you know, and that as a younger woman with, you know, less life experience, they can be really traumatising incidents, you know, and especially with um, guys that, you know, old finance directors, for example, mimicking my northern accent stuff like that you know these power dynamics that sort of chip away at you a little bit I just think I had space with my coach to talk about all that but Pandora I was earning a lot of money and able to pay for a really you know amazing coach anybody can get coaching but it should be provided within organizations you know for people and it's not put to the top of the pile the people aren't invested in enough. I am very briefly interrupting this episode of the podcast to share some exciting news with you. So the lovely Anna was a client of mine in the Expansion Accelerator, which is my mastermind for female entrepreneurs who are looking to scale to their first six figures. I also have two additional masterminds, the Magnetic Business Method, which is for female entrepreneurs looking to scale to consistent 5k months and expand to seven, which is for those who are at that six figure mark and looking to scale to multi six and seven. The announcement is that whilst at this point of recording, we are 50% full already, the doors are going to be opening again in September. So if you would like to find out more about working with me, building your visibility, building your impact and building your wealth, head to the show notes to find out more by clicking on join my masterminds here. A question I want to ask is whether or not I'm saying this because yes, you know, I did did the corporate the corporate life for a long time. And I remember when I shared the QVC, I got headhunted from Torpia, but I'd been at Selfridges before that and I got headhunted to work for a company to work on the QVC account and I, and I shared that account with another PR director and our management styles were so wildly different and he was that of like bully people into you know there was definitely a bullying tone there of like why well, haven't you done that and why haven't you done it and and I was always the like right what needs doing let's share the load and I remember thinking at that point and it was my last full-time job before I went freelance I remember there'd always been that inkling of knowing, like, I feel different here. I, f- I feel like this isn't for me. I think there's a different way. And that was the experience I needed to be like, yeah, that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be in this environment because I knew there was a, there was a different way. And it doesn't surprise me now that I, you know, support women in business in the way that I do. So do you feel like you always knew that there was that something in you of like, oh, you know, it's there's something here? Absolutely. And I think for a long time, I battled quite painfully with that because I think what was desired behavior and rewarded behavior was to behave in the way that you're describing that guy behaved generally, you know, like a quite masculine energy, right? And kind of not a nurturing energy at all. And I think for quite a while, like also, I was also working in businesses where it was like, well, we don't massively care about what the factories are doing. Just go and get me an 80% margin. So there was all kinds of things for me that I was like, 
I just can't be part of this. Like it is really, really out of alignment with with my values. And I don't, I don't want to stand behind this. Like none of it's good. And I was always the person I felt like I was for a long time that was saying, oh, why, what, why are we doing it this way? Why, you know, let's, let's think about the people. Let's care about them. Let's care about the suppliers. It's not about winning. It's about people getting a fair deal. And that is always shown in the product. And it's always shown in the happiness of your staff as well. So I just, in the end, couldn't stand behind leading for those organizations but it felt painful for a really long time like why have I got to feel like this why felt like why can't I be like and be really you know compliant to the CEOs and just just get on with the stuff that needed to do don't question it like go with the status quo even though you kind of know you're not doing the right thing just go with it I was like oh my god I just and I guess I got made redundant twice, right? And it's no surprise to me that I did because I just wasn't right in those places. I was bloody good at my job, but I was too much. You know, it's too much. I challenged too much. I, I, the team probably liked me too. You know, it's like she's dangerous because she's open with people and she's fair to suppliers and she's not afraid to challenge a CEO or and actually she knows all the figures as well like wow what what is she kind of incompetent at and it's not particularly wanted in high street retail if I'm totally honest it isn't you know what's wanted is people that get on with the stuff just get it done get the margin in don't question shut up yeah it's so fascinating that you say the too muchness because many of the clients that I've seen that have come out of corporate and set, set up, you know, one of the many times I have seen the, I don't want to be too much because previously I've been told that that's not okay. And that too muchness is what makes us unique because it means we freaking care. Like there's a depth to us that is so, so unique and powerful. And I think, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening that are like, mm-hmm, yeah. I think now I'm like, oh, wow, well, that's like my USP, right? And that's what I teach and coach people through. Like, no, you know, you're, and often people are just in the wrong place. You're just in the wrong place for for where you are. You know, I do a lot of work with people in retail and the creative industries, and it is pressured. And I just there are, there are in, instances where you just think yeah, this will just play out because you're you are in the wrong place. But for now, we will work on making you feel confident and good because, by God, these places can really knock your sense of self you know yeah but but now I feel well positive retail like I'm having to not having to but my brand's based on calling out changing the bits that I think need changing in the industry and whenever you know my most responded to engagement if you like on posts always the ones where you've talked about the industry and how 
and and like your personal journey and how I felt really out of alignment and I had to do something differently. You know, I'm going through the process now of being a B Corp company and a lot of the process of, of B Corp is thinking about your people. And I remember when I was doing my master's, I did my dissertation on looking into the mental impacts of working from home on people. Nobody, I put in meetings, you know, nobody asked me about it in the boardroom. Nobody said, because nobody, and I, I, you know, bore witness to a lot of people in pain in the company, but it was just like the things that I deemed just as important as making the product, just as important as bringing the margin to where it needed to be those things about making people feel safe and happy and thriving at work they were just I was like a nuisance you know wanting that for our company culture it just it wasn't really about that mm-hmm. you know and so it's like I just used to think god no, I've been doing a master's in leadership and organizational dynamics for two years I'm off every Friday nobody ever asked me about it <laughs> I'm just not here on Fridays. You all know that I go to university every Friday. But I just think it's a bit scary, almost. Even though these people are, like, powerful, intelligent, it's like, oh, why do you want to think about leadership and, like, psychology and stuff like that? Like, you're a product person, you know? Yeah, totally. I always remember something someone said, which is that you can't push people to enlightenment. And it's so true, isn't it? People will find their own way and they have their own journey and process. And you just have to trust that you actually doing something different and being in alignment will often be the light that others need to see to to know that it's or feel that it's safe, to see that it's safe for maybe them to do it themselves. I got an email today, somebody who used to be a merchandising director that I used to work with. And I've not read the whole email because it's massive, but she's like, I've finally left and your journey has inspired me so much. And I probably get that, you know, once a month, somebody will get in touch and say that. But I guess as well, Pandora, in terms of why female leadership, why is that, you know, really important to me and who I am? Well, things aren't equal. (laughs) And until women are in power, in an equal way, then that work will never stop, you know. And also, have you read that book, The Authority Gap? That to me was like, oh my God, yes. It's the biggest truth, if you like, out there that we are, and it's all backed with studies, like scientific. So the author is incredible. It's thoroughly researched. And it just shows that we're not taken as seriously. But it starts so young, like the double Google searches for is my child gifted for boys than girls in America from the age of three. So already parents, schools, they're they're pre-programming boys to be more authoritative, more competent, more intelligent. I mean, and it's not the case. It really isn't the case. But then what happens? Well, you go through the schooling system and sadly you're you never, certainly as a female, you're never able to challenge authority. You're meant to like study hard, be a good girl. I was one of those. I did really well, you know, academically. It doesn't set you up well for leadership and corporate life and challenging 
authority and power in a in a really professional way because you're scared so I work with a lot of women to coach them to be like it's okay to have difficult conversations it's absolutely necessary to go and ask for that pay that you deserve like look at the statistics for us all you know so it's my work will never be done I don't think um, in female leadership because I will always encourage anybody to step into their power and rise at whatever level they're at. Yeah. yeah. And there's a really beautiful narrative that we get to step into, which is we can have it all, you know, it's not one or the other, or, you know, it's, it's safe for us to do, to do that. And so with you, so with you there. So I'm sure a lot of the women listening either are owning businesses themselves, or I'm sure some will be in corporations what would you say is like the one thing that they could do to step into that next level of leadership? Yes. The first and most important thing is truly tuning into yourself. Like not just, I know that for probably, you know, from 24 when I began at Topshop to like, you know, for a good eight years, I was just like, I didn't really question. I mean, I did question like operations, but I didn't actually question like, how is this making me feel? How am I in life? What do I want from life? Who's making me feel good? Like around me, am I achieving what I think I want to? Have I ever even thought about what I want to achieve? So yeah, my my first is always start with yourself because if you don't learn who you are and what makes you tick and kind of what where your energy is going, how that's being spent, how other people are making you feel. You know, I sometimes make people do an exercise that's a week of positive and it's like they map out a week of, you know, morning, noon, night and kind of mood. And who were you around? What were you doing? What tasks were you doing? Because we just so often just are in our consciousness, aren't we? We're just motoring through, especially like your listeners who will be ambitious females, you know, you just keeping going like bum, 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 bum. And it's like, what is it really that is going to make your heart sing? Yeah, because you get to enjoy the journey. So you worked with me in the Expansion Accelerator. Love this great journey (laughs) what was your you know because obviously that was a space held for you to continue that beautiful deliciousness of self-development what was your biggest takeaway from that period of time the amazing thing firstly about the work with you was that you allowed me to bring both businesses and you know for that I really thank you because it was incredible to have both hands held, you know, not just one. So thank you. But, you know, I, I came to you about a year in, I guess, of positive retail, probably been coaching a year and a half. And I think it takes a long time to sort of when you've been in corporate life and you've been in a system that works one way and you have to work one way in it, um, it takes a long time to then figure out who you are out of it, even though you know you shouldn't have been in it. You know, and so the hugest part of the work that we did that 
I now, whenever I do workshops anywhere, I teach my clients this as well, was about getting in touch with my spiritual side. And, you know, when, when I discussed before about traumatic experiences in businesses, there are so many traumatized leaders out there like people that have not processed themselves and their stuff and it's there and it's live and you know like that Gabor Mate book which I've not truly read all of it yet but you know he's talking about corporations as being traumatized and they are they are the western world really is and I think the work that I did with you was about or the bit that was like a brand new unlocking within myself was like, oh, we can think about it spiritually and we can think about ourselves in terms of our energy and we can lead softer. And that will be where the healing happens for ourselves and for the world. You know, I think female leaders will heal the world entirely you know we will and even so for example I did a workshop the other day speaking to 50 female entrepreneurs and I shared a story that I'd had lunch with an old CEO dude about three weeks before and the lunch was crazy like it was really crazy and he came in and it was he was like, oh, I just fired my HR director, blah, 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 you know, all this really like old school bravado stuff. And I just thought, wow, I have not been in around that energy for so long. And good luck with the job because that you just look so traumatized and hectic and unsure of what's going on. And I think the gift that you gave me in the work was to to really ground you know yeah okay I run a business I run a coaching business I run a three retail shops I want to earn a really decent living but it's not the only thing I want to lead an organization where people feel safe and secure and yeah and quite and conscious you know we come to work consciously yeah does that make sense sorry that's quite long-winded babes you made my heart feel fuzzy (laughs) female female leaders changing the world and it's true and it's true and that's like you know we were speaking earlier weren't we of like something that someone you know said of like if you could 10x what you're currently doing and both of us are like oh my if I could 10x like I've got a big mission this year like I want to support 100 women to hit six figures or get close to that that space you know because I know that actually building multidimensional wealth for women has such a powerful impact on the world because female leaders will change the world because of you know, the way, and it's the chance that we so deserve to step into those shoes and say, here I am, like, try and freaking stop me. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, there's so much more that we, that we get to explore within that territory. And it's so funny, you know, you're saying about um, connecting and growth. And yeah, I really, I think there could be a positive retail in on many, many high streets, right? There's room for it. The concept been tested. People want it. They want to be part of that tribe. I had somebody that was 
a very, very old school retailer contact me, male, and say, I know this might sound arrogant, but I've got one idea that will definitely make you grow, in brackets, amongst many. And I just thought, I'm doing all right on my instincts. I don't need you to do that. And I called somebody whose friend, Alistair, and he's a retail director from somewhere. And I said, this guy's contacted me. I know you used to work with him. Could you just give me that? And he went, no, have him nowhere near your business. He's like, he's Anna. He is absolutely against all the things that you hold dear and stand for and all the new ways and new methods that you are creating for retail. He was like, no, you can, you, you, he will tell you nothing that you need to know. Um, you know, Alistair's a gay guy and he was like, I'm so over the patriarchy, just trying to tell women that are bright and that, that are already succeeding that they need their ideas. Yeah, that I can make you better. Let me make yeah. you better. I was just like, nah, I'm all right, mate. No, I'm thanks. Good. I'm good. But also, I think you've just nailed something, which I, you know, I just want to pinpoint as you know, pinnacle in this episode, which is our greatest guide is our intuition as women. And no one, no one can do that for us. And you know what you've shared of like, I know that I could have a positive retail on every high street. You could, and that business will be grown from such a high frequency, like the energetics of your business, the essence of it will be so different and so grounded and so inclusive and, you know, um, authentic that, yeah. And you get to do it from that space because that's how we're going to change the world. Yeah. And you gave me that gift that, and the gift of just, you know, I've, I've never suffered from loads of self-doubt. I'm always quite practical, logical. My therapist always like, I know, stop like intellectualizing everything and like stick with your feelings, stick with your feelings, which I always think I can feel, but I'm always like intellectualizing. And I think I'm a real problem solver and like have vision, but I think massively what coming with you made me do was think about energy. What energy am I bringing? I need to protect, you know, especially the work we did with Zara as well and with Kathy. It was just, yeah, it was a complete game changer that I will always, always, yeah, have as part of my business. And I put into every presentation now that I do, what energy are you bringing? Check your energy. You know, we are not just this one dimensional being. We have a mind, body and soul. And it's really, if you would have said to me at Topshop, oh, how's your, how's your soul work going on? I've just been like, I need to get these orders on the system and get down to the pub. What the hell are you talking about? Soul work? <laughs> Shut up, man. I'm just out and about every weekend. But I think, you know, and that's why it's only now that I am able to, be really confident that I'm leading a business that will be a B Corp business, but will have, yeah, definitely a spiritual, soft, safe side to it. And I hope everybody in the business feels that. Well, because it comes from you, it's your resonance, isn't it? So, final question. Oh, this has been such a yummy conversation, but what does being a magnetic woman mean for you? Oh, being a magnetic woman, I guess. I guess it's probably quite two-dimensional for me. So magnetism 
I feel like you'll enjoy this, right? So owing to all this work that you've kind of switched me on to, I went to see an astrologer called Derek. He was amazing. He went through my birth chart. He was, I mean, he was no holes barred, Derek. He's a psychotherapist as well. And he said to me, you give out so much energy. And I know that I do in the shop. So magnetism to me is understanding your mission and truly and authentically standing in front of people, embodying it and explaining why you're here, what you're doing. I spend so much time in the shop explaining the concept to people. And I think when you can stand there from a place of genuine experience, passion and belief and understand that you you have got an opportunity to change things. And when you're explaining that to people, that does feel quite magnificent. I can see people's responses. And I often get people texting me saying, I don't know how you do it in the store. Like, and I just don't know how you like that you you give out so much energy you know and I think I'm not saying that to be magnetic a magnetic woman you've got to give out loads of energy but I think it's about truly understanding why you're here what you're doing and just living into it and getting people along with you yeah knowing your purpose living your purpose Yeah. yeah I love that Thank you so much. Where can people find you? You can find me, uh, so Positive Rita, you can find me in store in Margate Old Town, in Ramsgate on Addington Street or in Deal on the High Street, number 20 High Street. We do have online, which is www.positive-retail.com and Insta is positive underscore retail. Anna Woods coaching is www.anna-woods.com and then it's Anna Woods coaching on Insta and LinkedIn as well. It's just Anna Woods on LinkedIn. I'm on there quite a lot. I'll link them all in the show notes. Thank you so much for today. You're amazing. That's been amazing. And just thank you for everything you've given to me. My pleasure. My pleasure, Magnetic Woman. Thank you so much. <laughs>